when you get out and watch. And what's gonna suck is that he's gonna go in, and then it's gonna be the whole like he's gonna come out seconds into a start. He's like, "Fuck!" Honestly, yeah. Oh well. Poetry and hip hop go hand in hand, and for a time in the early two thousands, we saw a resurgence in interest in poetry, especially slam poetry. Welcome to the Barf Bar Podcast, and this week we have Jose joining me to talk about Deaf Poetry Jam and why we should bring it back. So, Jose. What's up? What is Deaf Poetry? So, Deaf Poetry in the early 2000s was a form of expression for a lot of people, especially during, like, really hardship times that we were going through. Bikes. Sorry. <laughs> I probably should also say this is clearly outside and not in my room where everything is more controlled. So, or over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, or over Zoom. So, it's if you hear weird sounds and hear cars driving by, that's because they are. Yeah. <laughs> you, might have, you might see me make weird facial expressions because the loud noises. <laughs> it's just, you know, just a throwback to the early days of the podcast where we recorded anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Including IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> or in the car after IHOP. <laughs> outside of Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Honestly, the audio wasn't that bad for those ones. But anyway, <laughs> going back to <laughs> so, what is Deaf Poetry? So Deaf Poetry in the early 2000s, so like 2000, what, 2002 to 2006, it was a time where a lot of um, MCs and spoken word artists were trying to get known and picked up by Russell Simmons to perform on stage. And it was very um, inspirational for a lot of poets that wanted to break out on this scene and it gave us like a new form of expression as well as giving us the inspiration to have our own open mics and really going through and trying to make things happen in our own like little towns and cities and whatnot. Yeah, and that's pretty important especially to you because I mean I read your your blog. And yeah, it's uh, it seemed like it had a pretty big impact. I mean, and that's pretty obvious knowing you, but yeah. Uh, so viewers might not know all that. So um, I'm a spoken word artist. I mean, aside from me working on my own little projects right now, uh, spoken word artist. I host an open mic once a year called the Transformation. I always use it as a fundraiser for different organizations. Uh, but yeah, I, I got into deaf poetry, funny enough, uh, when the DVDs were out. Mm -hmm. So I had purchased uh, season one and two, and then I started finding out from other poets in the area that, yeah, season three still going on on HBO, and then when it came out on DVD, I bought it, same thing with four and five. And I thought after five, it died out, because nothing was really like talked about, there wasn't anything on TV about it, and it wasn't until I went over to a buddy's house where he said, yo, uh final season of Deaf Poetry is tonight, and I was like, oh shit, okay, I dropped everything, went over to his house to watch it, and then I bought the sixth season on DVD, I bought the book, I bought some of the poets that were on Deaf Poetry, I bought their books, uh, I met some of them, I've had interaction with some of them online, so yeah, it, it has meant a lot to me in the last couple of years. For sure, I mean, and I mean, so... For people who aren't like fully aware, like how was the whole show set up? I mean, I know uh, it was hosted by Most Deaf, but it wasn't quite slam poetry in what my mind would think of slam poetry as. Right. And more kind of like 
an open mic sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, most deaf, uh, the MC, uh, what's his, what's he going to now? Yasin Bey. Yeah, Yasin Bey. Uh, he was the host, and they had different uh, poets from around the world, well, mainly the U.S., uh, come out and perform. And, you know, they had a time limit and whatnot. It, so very much so like an open mic. It was on a stage, and they had uh, an audience. It was it was great because the audience wasn't too big. It wasn't like in a huge theater. It wasn't at a television studio. It was just like a small space where you could clearly see the performers, hear them, and uh, even when they didn't have microphones and they weren't mic'd up, you could hear them clearly. It was it was very much so like an open mic. Yeah, from the videos that you sent me, it looked kind of just like a regular open mic. Like it wasn't. Like you said, like anything that's super crazy, like it wasn't overly produced or anything like that. Yeah, and that was the great thing. Like even though, so Russell Simmons was the one that was uh, the producer for it, um, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so even though he was the producer, it, it, it still kept that grittiness to it of like making you feel like, oh, this could be something that could be hosted at a coffee shop or at a small local uh, high school or college theater, you know, something like that. And that's what really got me going with the whole idea of like, oh, well, let me just find venues where I can host open mics at. Yeah. And uh, I was reading that it kind of came up out of uh, deaf comedy too. Yeah. Which, I mean, was pretty influential for a lot of <laughs> current comics and I mean, people who have been around since the early 2000s late 90s so. yeah a lot of a lot of uh the poets a lot of the spoken word artists found their shark there and they started doing uh gigs on tv shows and movies and uh some of them even came out with like one time or two time uh albums some of them even uh came out with their own books that they published so it really uh, really gave them like a, a base to start at mm-hmm yeah, and it, it was also cool because, I mean, at least the one, the clips that you sent me, like, it seems like they got in touch with some other artists as well. Yeah. Uh, like, so it wasn't necessarily just, like, quote-unquote, poets, but also, like, rappers. Yeah. So they got in touch with, um, let's see, there was Common, DMX, uh, Kanye West. Um, they, I think Most Def was on it a couple times too. Yeah, he, he did do a couple of pieces, either somewhere like in the beginning or in the middle of the show. Um, uh, Talib Kweli was on there. They also had a couple of comedians. They had Dave Chappelle on there. They had Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, yeah, and then they had professors and uh, writers of uh, Broadway shows. So yeah, it was very, it was a very broad uh, picture of how many, uh, how the different people would show up to perform. That's dope. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but when I was doing some extra research for it, I saw that they were looking to reboot it at some point, like in 2017. Yeah, and that was, uh, that, <laughs> it irked me, it irked me so bad. So. All of my closest friends that saw me performing, so my performances, I mean, I've traveled up and down California. There was a time where 
I would travel just to have a 10 minute set in Santa Cruz. I would travel, I traveled to Sacramento to, I stayed at a friend's house, but the following day I had a full uh, 15 minute set. Um, I got paid for it. I went to visit friends in UC Irvine and they're like, hey, we're gonna have these these performers uh, coming out. We want you to help with the opening so it was one of those things where, oh, you know, they had their set performers and then they threw me in there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. And yeah, it's just been one of those things. So when I heard that Russell Simmons was looking into rebooting Deaf Poetry for 2017, I was ecstatic. I was trying to look for anywhere I could sign up. Like, how can I send in like a demo tape, like anything? And 2017 passed, and we had 2018, 2019. I'm like, what happened? Did you see who uh, was, I guess, in the running to host it? No, I, I didn't get to see that list. It was Chance the Rapper. <laughs> and see, I could see that. I could see that happening. It's just, I, I, uh, I would prefer um, most deaf to come back just because like I don't feel like he can be replaced when it comes to like him being as an influential host yeah like, I don't even know who else would be able, like a good fit especially in 2017 yeah I mean the only other person that I could think of that would actually I guess respect it enough would probably be Kendrick because that was like oh, right yeah. around to pimp a butterfly or right after it so I, like you know that he can yeah, do <laughs> and I don't want to jump it in, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve what I'm gonna say. But <laughs> that would have been perfect, like either Mostef or Kendrick, or have different artists <laughs> yeah. for each episode. Like HBO, hire me. <laughs> like hire me for real. <laughs> I I can get you locations out here in the Bay Area. Hire me. The Bay is. There's there's a lot of talent out here, and there and is even the first, uh, one of the. One of the videos sent me was from uh, Casal, uh, Raphael. Oh, Raphael! Yeah, I mean, Berkeley boy. <laughs> yeah, and actually, him or David could actually probably host. Yeah. Oh, oh, I would love and that. David would actually be perfect. Yeah, because he's just super artsy, anyways. Yes. Like, ah, I, ah, uh, 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 <laughs> blind spotting is uh, my top ten. Is in my top movie. ten list of favorite movies, and I can't wait for the show. It's gonna be good. Oh. Uh, High hopes for sure. I'm gonna sign up for Showtime just for that. <laughs> yeah, just for that. That in a decent amount. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but ah, uh, like I like I can either see them bringing most stuff back, having a different like hip hop artist that would convey the art form for each episode, or yeah, give uh give Rafael Excel or Davy Diggs like please. That'd be wild. I mean. I can't really think of anyone else off the top of my head, but I'll probably think of someone else. On, <laughs> as probably, you know how it goes. <laughs> it's funny because I, I actually was, um, I was interviewed the other day, and one of my friends was watching it, and she's like, "Yeah, no, I totally understand. Like, when you're on the spot, you just, <laughs> yeah. you just don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, you forget so much. I'm like, I talk about this stuff all the time. How am I blanking now? <laughs> Dude, I, I totally understand. Uh, but, so it's, yeah, it's been a while since we even heard anything about it, which is insane. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, um, I think, 
good. No, no, I was just going to say recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so going before I get into what I was going to say, like, um, who brought it up again? Oh man, uh, Lemon, Lemon Anderson. So Lemon is one of the first uh, to perform on Deaf Poetry first episode. Um, what I liked about his performance, because his had to do with a young man that jumped off the Titanic. So not a true story, but it, it puts you in this thought process of how would it be being like a poor black kid that jumped off the Titanic and was the only survivor while all these rich white people or a priest or a rich white girl were trying to like pay you in some form to save their lives. And it's like, nah, I'm going <laughs> to swim home. But what I liked about his performance and that piece was it was so real. It was raw. Because don't get me wrong, all the poets were great for the first episode. But there was just something that when I heard his piece, I liked that. He became instantly one of my favorite uh, poets. And so anytime he performed, I just liked how it was real. Like I could identify with what he was saying. You don't have to be... You know, you don't have to be Boricua, you don't have to um, live in the Bronx, but at the same time, it gave me the feeling of, well, I'm Latino, and I live in a small neighborhood, and, you know, my grandparents lived in Mexico, and they moved to Oakland, so, you know, essentially, like, the ghetto, I guess you can call it, but I mean, for me, it's like, it's Oakland, it was home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I could really understand what he was saying where he was coming from and that's why you know i followed him on instagram and essentially uh this year in march he posted up a picture and he wrote on a napkin bring back deaf poetry and i was like yes and i read uh his reasoning for that and essentially it was just because right now is the perfect time to do it because everyone has a story to tell everyone's hurting in some way or form i mean we just got out of a four-year presidency. <laughs> we are going through, we're still going through COVID. We've had, we've had people pass away because of COVID or other reasons. We've lost hip-hop artists. We've lost um, artists in general. We've lost wrestlers. We've lost so much. And yet there are so many of us out here that want to tell a story, want to uplift people and I feel like right now is the time to bring that back. That's why with everything deaf poetry or poetry, I've, I've been using the same hashtag <laughs> that he posted up, which was hashtag bring back deaf poetry. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it boils down to. Absolutely. I feel like this is the perfect time to bring it back considering what everyone's going through. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we have some outlets for this, but it's not wide enough I'd say like, yeah I mean if you're if you're watching this video you probably are subscribed to this channel at this point because I don't expect anyone else to click on this but if you are um, I do a lot of breakdown videos like lyric breakdown so in the last year or so there's been a lot of rappers talking about what's been happening and like sure that's some sort of outlet and some sort of attention drawn to it but these are people who like they're not normal people <laughs> yeah like for a lack of a better term like these are people who can't necessarily connect with the regular people 
the closest we got um, recently would probably be well early in COVID we had the little baby track which surprised me I yeah. wasn't expecting him to actually say something like that deep I but, remember um, you breaking that down and that threw me off too yeah it was wild yeah um, but then even like yesterday when I was doing a breakdown for that J. Cole track like, oh interlude yeah yeah like there was a there was a line um, something about like terrorists hovering over us and I'm just like immediately like this is probably talking about Trump <laughs> but no one else is gonna like no every man or every person is gonna be saying that and, and getting it to enough people and with deaf poetry and even just poetry in general like that's a great outlet for it it is it is um if it wasn't for me watching deaf poetry to be honest because i was writing a lot of my pieces down just like scratch journals and everything when i was going through community college the first time around and i never really thought like oh i should perform this piece because I felt vulnerable, yeah. I felt exposed, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this on stage, and then I watched their performances, and then uh, my buddy uh, Mark was like, hey, I think you should do this piece and whatnot, and I sat down, I started memorizing my piece, and then one day we went to an open mic, I did it, and it had to do with um, a little bit of hip-hop and immigration and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I swear to you, the thing that touched me the most was this older woman looked at me, she put her hand out, and she said, thank you. I was like, yo, what? And she told me that that poem meant a lot to her because she could tell that, you know, talking about jumping from box to box, like feeling like a jail cell, and talking about my uh, grandparents who immigrated here, and how I feel like my tongue is behind uh, 32 uh pearly white bars she was like oh my god and it's weird that i i remember that because that was like 2002 <laughs> 2002 2003 when i did that piece but yeah she she said thank you and then ever since then i found my niche because i wasn't the person that to do deep poetry but i was the person to do blunt yeah. poetry and i would go to open mics and people were just like yo that piece was really dope da, da, da. And it's not me too. My horn. It's just like that's what I heard, and I was, I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know how to like express the <laughs> thank you. It was just like oh, thanks, because <laughs> I I'm not I'm still not used to that. Oh yeah, I'm still not used to that. Um, but I feel like deaf poetry raised me, and then you know now it's almost come full circle for me because. Now I'm working on my book. I'm working on short fictional stories for my book. And in one of them, I already have a poem for the character in that story to uh, perform. Okay. And I'm like, yes. Like, (laughs) I can finally write a poem within a story for a character that I can identify with. (laughs) That's awesome. And then just to see Lemon posting that up and, like, really pushing, I'm like... Yo, like, can we please have this back? HBO, HBO Max, like, they have, they have the opportunity to bring back something so great. Yeah, I mean, if not, I mean, someone else should definitely take up the mantle, right? <laughs> like, there's, I mean, whenever I end up opening a coffee shop, that's obviously going to be part of it. But <laughs> like, hip hop coffee shop, DJ Fridays. How are you? Doing? Yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. Hell yeah, I'm investing. 
who knows what that's going to be. But no, like, I, going to um, what you're saying about it, being, like, just being vulnerable and being able to do it, like, yeah. that, that, I think that's like the biggest barrier to entry for most people. Yeah. Like, I mean, in high school, I would write a lot. And I had a notebook and I have since thrown it away. <laughs> but like the biggest thing for me was like I was just writing for myself and I had no intentions to perform anything like that. But it's like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Like even if it's something that you feel like people won't necessarily um, connect with, someone will. Yeah. Like someone will find some way to connect with it. And that's, I think, the biggest thing even with hip hop as well and music in general. People will find some way to connect to a particular song or a particular artist. Um, I actually saw a post on Reddit the other day that was like, this guy had been obviously listening to music his whole life, but not until recently he was able to connect to a song and actually feel something from it. And like, I don't know how old he is, but he was old enough. Like the main reason that he connected with it was that his wife had left him. So like the song connected him to that. So I'm assuming he was like 30s, 30s to 40s. Was it Iman's fuck you? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't hip hop. <laughs> but still, I always like, think about that song when it comes to like breakups. It's like, oh, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> uh, um, going back to the original death poetry, though, why do you think they ended it? Why do you think it hasn't come back yet? To be honest. I don't know why they stopped it. Hmm. Part of me wants to say maybe too many people are starting to popularize it, hmm. um, oversaturate it, commercialize it. Because in all seriousness, there was a point where I even started seeing when I was going to open mics with friends or by myself to Frisco, San Jose, Los Angeles, you would have these people come in and you could tell that they were just in it trying to get noticed or like trying to make people think they're all cool and shit and yeah. I, I hated it because that's what made me stop for a while with going to open mics because I started seeing people coming in wearing like you know s- silk shirts jeans and grills in their mouths or like stunner shades like the huge ones making a mockery of it and I was just really upset by that and like nothing against people that wear that stuff but you can tell when they're faking it yeah (laughs) and i think the one that really pissed me off was some kid went up to an open mic in union city and i kid you not it pissed me off uh i wanted to tell the host to not have that kid back on anymore or something i wasn't hosting it someone else was but i was so mad because he actually had the nerve to go up on, uh, go up on and tell everyone, oh yeah, this is an original piece, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. And the first five lines, I was like, that's a piece from this person from Death Poetry. <laughs> I was so fucking mad, and I just let it go. I didn't tell the guy or anything. But when the kid walked by me, I'm like, an original piece, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, so is it from Death Poetry? <laughs> and the look on his face. I was like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're fucking whack. <laughs> Trip, I told him that because I was, it, it irritated me. Yeah. Like, that would be like, that would be like someone we know 
going up on stage saying, I got an original track and it's a Kendrick Lamar track. <laughs> You'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know goddamn well. <laughs> it pissed me off. It, uh, yeah. That was one of the major things that pissed me off. And then there was other poets that after a while would use it as a platform to say they were against racial injustice and stuff like that, but then themselves come off racially insensitive yeah. to people around them. Like, I called out someone at an open mic after they had gone on before me. So they went on, they performed, they did their thing. I went up there and I called them out subliminally. And it was funny because I could see the dude in the far back looking at me. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm probably going to fight this guy. <laughs> and it shouldn't get to this. And I mean, speaking like how we, uh, our conversations before we start recording, I, I would not be surprised. <laughs> and things like, the thing is, I don't like to, nor do I want to get in fights. Yeah. But no if I does. have to defend myself, like, I'm going to let you take that first swing, but it's going to be the last. <laughs> You might get a couple shots in, but I'm going to make sure you go down. <laughs> and this was one of those moments in my head when I was looking at him. Because the thing was, like, that dude was, like, maybe a couple inches shorter than me. But I could tell, like, okay, he could probably throw a couple good blows. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Neither So, nor here nor there. It's just, it upset me because he had the mentality of going up there and saying what he said about racial injustices and whatnot. But then had the, the indecency to narrowed down something he said to one ethnicity mm. and that just kind of upset me because like we're supposed to be in a safe spot yeah and you're really not making anyone feel safe right now yeah <laughs> I, I can see where people would uh, take offense to that yeah yeah <laughs> oh man I mean yeah and to go back to your question that's I think that's what happened with death poetry because you start seeing an oversaturation. People trying to commercialize it, trying to bank on it more, yeah, and running with it. Like we could tell in the community, those that were real about it and trying to sell chapbooks or get publishing deals, whatnot, and then you have those that were going to open mics and going to slam poetry competitions and kind of making a mockery of it and. It was just getting to the point where no one really wanted to go out or deal with it anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what happened, to be honest. Death Poetry just said, yeah, we're kind of done with this. That makes sense. I mean, I definitely feel like, because right around the end of Death Poetry, I was I was just starting high school. <laughs> Suck. <laughs> really but, make me feel old. <laughs> I was actually in eighth grade, but, um, Son of but um, no, like, dude, like looking back, like I'm trying to remember now. I'm gonna stop you right there, just to let you know, I was doing my either my freshman or sophomore year in Chabot. That's why it's like, fuck, you're making me feel old right now. It's not that bad. I mean, yeah, it's true, not that but, bad. but damn, still, eighth grade Bajwa. I mean, just think about how I feel whenever Jaren says something. Fuck. <laughs> Boy, is 22. <laughs> I can do one worse. I had one of my buddy's little brothers come up to me. And you know how there's that TikTok uh, whole, uh, tell me you're old without telling yeah, me you're yeah. old? He was just like, Jose, how old are you? I'm oh, like, no. 
I was like, I've owned every Nintendo system when it first came out. The look on his face was like a backhand to my soul. Oh, man. Because he was just like, oh, God. I'm like, fuck. That's also how I feel with my my sister because she's 12, so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so you know. You know the deal. Here, let's... We're going to move a little bit because they're closing up the shop here. I think I was saying that right around that time, like I was barely in high school, and I started noticing like people were going like... There was an increase in that, in that sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean, that was partially why I was writing it, <laughs> because that was just a thing. And even people in high school were, I mean, I went to a private school, so you get all the weirdos who will actually be into this. <laughs> so, like, it made sense. Like, there were people around me that were kind of into that as well. Right. And there was definitely a point in time where it was like, just, like, that was like when everyone was like, oh, you're such a hipster. Uh, like that sort of thing right and people were actively trying to be hipsters <laughs> but I think that's kind of where I came at came at it from but the other thing that really like when I was just thinking about it that came to mind with why it might have ended is kind of just the culture around that time like not necessarily just in poetry itself but like in hip-hop <laughs> because yeah. it's still very hip-hop related at least it's hip hop adjacent. <laughs> yeah. Um, because in 2006, 2007, that was when like Soldier Boy and them were coming out. Yeah. So. And people were really dressing up. Super like them. shifted. <laughs> it really did. Um, so like the audience were that kind of thinned out, you could say. Yeah, and it, and it sucks because at that point in time, you're talking about like when they had Kanye West on there. Um, that was before college drop, or no, right around there. It was actually. right around college dropout. Yeah, and a little bit that. before late registration. Yeah. And you had to look believe, you had to come, and you had to max. I think that was around probably the Great Depression, maybe earlier. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Or right before it, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, you had DMX on there. Um, comment, I don't remember what he had dropped at that point. But I know an album came out, and he, that's when he was under um, good music. Yeah, it wasn't B, it was... It was some, yeah. yeah. It was before his uh, more electronic sounding album. <laughs> I forgot yeah. what it was called. I don't remember. I know I had it, and then not good. Not sorry, not sorry. I traded that. In. I mean, looking back now, I mean, he sampled African Bambada, and yeah. even though he's technically a legend, he's kind of a dickhead. So, uh. <laughs> it's another story. <laughs> um, so there's that at least. But I mean. You're talking about Soldier Boy coming out and all those other internet, Facebook, some some Twitter rappers. I think it was still more MySpace at that point. It was like that's right what I was trying to remember. Sorry. Yeah. MySpace. It was the MySpace uh, age. <laughs> yeah, ringtone rap. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could get every every dumb song you heard <laughs> would yeah. be available for a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> If you didn't buy it, you knew where to download it from. <laughs> <laughs> this is also something I talked about recently. Uh, I mean, LimeWire. <laughs> yeah. Faster. Just file sharing in general, honestly. Yeah. It was. It's. I mean, it's still. A thing. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's what was happening. Like you had all these MySpace people coming out, and it really thinned the herd of like 
you could tell who the real from like the wannabes were. Yeah, and, and even with the artists who were like known for putting in more content or not not even like conscious rappers, just like people who would actually put in more of themselves into their music. Yeah, they kind of shifted a little bit too. Yeah, like to keep up with it. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's what spelled the end. It, it's and it sucks because. Like we said earlier, 2017, right when I heard, oh, yeah, they're going to try to come out with a new season. Yeah. I was like, shit. Tight. Okay, cool. Like, you know, it was, it was one of those moments in my, in my heart where I was like, okay, this is going to be great. But at the same time, I was like, but can it be good again? Yeah. Because the first six seasons were great. And then Brave New Voices was cool because it gave you a look into how the Brave New Voices show ran Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and the poets performing and their practices but can death poetry work again and after like a year or two of like not hearing anything I was like okay yeah it's it's not coming back yeah I mean especially because it was 2017 it's been four years (laughs) we haven't heard anything until now when we started talking about it or when uh, when we saw the post earlier this year yeah like it it wasn't really a thing yet like no one was really saying anything But I think with Lemon putting that out there, because I just remember he put it out there, and everyone, even like friends that follow me and I follow them back on Instagram, were like, yo, like, yes, this could be great, blah, blah, blah. I want to see this happen. Heck, even like some of the deaf poets were liking the posts and commenting. Even some of my favorite poets were. Like, yes, like, let's bring it back. Like, you know, this is the time. Now we can do it. Even if it's just for one season. I'm like, yo, HBO Max right now with the streaming service. They have the money. And it doesn't, like, this time around, I feel like it's not necessary to do it just in, I think they're doing it from New York. Right. So this time around, it could be, okay, this one episode is going to be in New York. And then this place in San Francisco and this, this, and that, and we have to move up because cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, like it doesn't have to necessarily be in one spot. It can be anywhere. Yeah, and maybe that could be another thing for hosts where it's like, depending on which city you're in, maybe someone from that city can host it. So yeah. maybe we do get Davy Diggs hosting the one in Oakland. Maybe we get Kendrick hosting one in Los Angeles. Maybe we get um, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of options, honestly. Yeah, and it doesn't hire even, me. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be HBO. I don't even know if they have the rights to it. Still, I imagine they do. I would imagine they do because it's only it hasn't been it hasn't even been ten years. Or no, it's been ten years. I'm dumb. Uh, I was like, mm. actually, yeah, they might not have it anymore then. But who knows? Um, I mean, yeah, Russell Simmons has still it. has it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he has it, then just like give it up. Yeah. I mean, you can even go to Netflix if you're trying to get a chance. I mean, fuck it. He did that whatever show it was that I didn't watch. <laughs> uh, I have such... Mm, mm, <laughs> mm. I'm going to say this. My cousin Joel told me about something that he saw from that show. I was swinging fists in the air. Mm. I was so mad about what I heard. Uh, anyways. But yeah, I mean, if Netflix does it... Cool. Yep. Great. Do it. Someone. 
Someone, hire me. And it, it doesn't have, like like I said earlier, it doesn't have to specifically be deaf poetry. It can be it anything. But I want to see it done right and yeah. proper. Like, I don't want, I, I'm going to put it out there. I don't want, like, a com- an over-commercialized rapper hosting it. Yeah. And I don't want it to be turned into some type of, like, judging format where we have three people that know nothing of poetry <laughs> or only had done poetry a little bit here and there. Like, no. I don't want it to be a judging format. If they do that, I'll lose my shit. Yeah. Because that's going more into the slam poetry thing, which that wasn't really what they were doing. Exactly. Like they were doing more of the, what's it called, um, open mic sort of thing. Yeah. And that's so. what I'm saying. Like, it would be great to see. Like, I feel like, granted, Netflix could do it. You know, whoever has the rights can do it, whatever, whatever. But if it's going to be HBO money and HBO Max doing it, cool. Like, yeah, do it where it's like, Let's do this in this city, this in that city. So we're really expanding, getting like poets to come out. Because yeah. like, no joke. I, I so one of the poets uh, on there, his name is uh, Jamie DeWolf. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I've seen that guy. He hosts because he's one that hosts uh, Tourette's Without Regrets in Oakland. Okay. So around that time, I took a bartending school so I can learn how to make drinks and everything. Sure. And right when I walked in there to sign and pay. For my for my class, he was behind the desk, <laughs> and he helps there. And I was like, "Yo, I saw you on Deaf Poetry. I've been to some of your shows in Oakland. Blah blah blah." And he was just like, "Oh shit. Okay, well discount." I'm like, "Hey." That's what's but up. it just it it made me go, "Yo, like this is one of the guys that I idolized in Deaf Poetry. Like yeah. him and uh, his crew, known as the Suicide Kings." Mm-hmm. Yo, like, great, great poets, great poets. Yeah. And I met him and, like, the whole crew, and then I met other uh, groups like uh, Proletariat Bronze through him and his show in Oakland. And that's what I'm saying, like, if you do a show in Oakland, okay, have it on the Church of Regret stage. Like, yeah. you know, that place will get packed because they do it at the old opera house in Oakland, which people are trying to shut down because, yeah. <laughs> you know, transplants. And gentrification. gentrification. Fuck them. <laughs> Proudly with my with my chest out. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's there's so many so many ways they could do it. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, you don't even have to like you can even try and make it super accessible and just do it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, they already do that sort of thing on YouTube, but yeah, the YouTube Red. Yeah, no, I mean like um. Oh, just in general, the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people already post these things and yeah. like have channels for it. Yeah, but I think about it like that. Anyone that has the license, you can just say we're just turn this into a YouTube channel. Yeah, and like beautiful. They'll get enough money off of advertising. Hell, I'm sure. Hell yeah, to make it free and accessible for everyone to watch <laughs> and feel the inspiration. Like. Yeah. This is coming from someone who has is still not monetized on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> I don't have a YouTube channel, but follow me on Instagram. Hey. Um, no, that like there's so many outlets that they could go for, and it's crazy. Um, going back into how you're saying you don't want it to be super commercialized and stuff like that. Yeah. The first person that came to mind was like, "What if they had? What if they bought Drake on?" Because <laughs> Drake. You know, here's here's the here's the thing about that. I wouldn't mind. If he hosted, yeah, because we've seen what he did with King of the Dot, yeah, for yeah, he's all World over URL, Ocean. yeah, and all over URL. Like, 
I'm actively promoting it too. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would be great because with the money he has and what he can do, oh, that would be beautiful. That's why I was like, wait a minute. Like, it, it wasn't me going like, oh, like, but. Yeah. You know what? That could work because I, we've seen what he can do. Yeah, and that's kind of the same reaction I had like when I first started realizing like, yo, actually he's pretty involved with battle rap. Yeah. Like, really, Drake? <laughs> Yeah, but no. then, okay, yeah, no, cool, he's actually doing something good with it. <laughs> because I can honestly see him hosting it, or, like, at least producing it, having OVO produce yeah. it, be behind the scenes. Like, you know, his name's there because he put in the money, but it's like, you know, I want to actively help out here. Okay, cool. Yeah. And he just puts in the money for the production, gets the team together, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it'd be dope. It'd be great. I, I feel like he would be an honest-to-God good person that would be able to put it together. And actually now, going off of that... Hire us, OBO. <laughs> no, well, I mean, maybe, but come on. I mean, I got family in Toronto, so I mean, I'm already, I'm already halfway there, right? <laughs> I'm willing to move to Canada. I really am. <laughs> no, but what I was gonna say is, this reminds me, because um, I've talked about PG Lang a couple times on here. Oh yeah, yeah. And that might be something that they would want to do, because they're super like in like at least what their mission statement sounded like. Yeah. It was like super artsy, like they're trying to. Uh, basically, uh, broaden the horizon. Yeah, well, broaden the horizon, but also like help the creators and actually like get the art out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I remember you did when you did that video. I was like, okay, like I didn't know what to think because I remember your first thought was, okay, so it's not just a rap group. Yeah, they're doing A, B, C, and D. And I was thinking to myself, like, no joke. But it was funny. I was watch. I was watching that, and I had that playing in the background while I was shaving my head because. Boy, the boy that has no hair, you can tell. But I was watching it, and I was listening to the video, and I was like, you know, that, that's actually a pretty good mission statement. Like, why not? Yeah. So, I mean, they could probably be a pretty good outlet for it. Yeah. Especially given, like, Dave Free is just amazing with video work. Like, he could probably, like, get it set up in a way that actually looks really dope, too. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie, there was a couple times when I was watching that poetry, some of the footage looked a little rough, and then there was times where when they would have published authors or professors, like, step up, and I don't know why they did it. I remember they did it for the first, maybe, first or, or first and second season. They would turn the screen brown. Like, like that old school newspaper yeah. brown look for them, for the older cats. And I was just like, this feel like, I never thought about it until like huh. recently when I was watching the videos again before this. Yeah. Cause I was like, that just feels unnaturally wrong. Cause you're doing that color for the older cats. But for like <laughs> the new poets, it's like high definition color. Right. Like that feels a little disrespectful. <laughs> you just, you just keep it even across the board. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, like, some, like the video footage was great, but there were some times where it was like, uh, it looked a little too gritty, or they did that, the brown color. And I was like... Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it would be great to have someone that has great production skill. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> That'd be dope. It would. Maybe do something a little bit, like... I don't know. For me, I don't know how you feel, but personally, I like to see behind-the-scenes stuff sometimes. Like, maybe have the poets, like, in their room practicing or, like, talking with each other and whatnot. Because, I mean, that's how I am with, like, 
watching certain movies and shows like right now, like on Disney, I, after watching WandaVision and the Falcon and Winter Soldier, I, I watched the behind the scenes stuff. And it was pretty cool because you get to see like the interaction, how long it took or whatever. That would be cool to see too. Yeah. And I mean, that's is part of it so why not yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be like super in your face about it like they could just kind of do it in passing yeah it's funny because like this conversation reminds me of a conversation I had like a couple months ago I was telling a buddy of mine about how deaf poetry should come back and whatnot and his argument was well there's America's Got Talent it's not the same it's not because like <laughs> like at all <laughs> yeah I, like for me America's Got Talent don't get me wrong, I know there's musical acts that go up there, but yeah. I feel like it's a circus it's, show. It's a little bit too broad. Yeah. Like, and it, I don't think the judges would focused. take a poet seriously up there. To be honest, I yeah. don't think they would. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any of this, so I can't say, but I've only seen, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like... I've only caught a couple of years. It's one of those judge shows, right? Yeah. You have three or five judges, I'm like... Yeah, and it, I don't know. I mean, with that show, I feel like it's kind of hard to actually have judges that are gonna be I guess well informed with each particular sort of act but right that's that's something else entirely <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I don't know but they need to bring it back huh they need to bring it back yeah absolutely uh, you have the, notes the only other thing I had was the um, brand new voice and youth speaks oh yeah so I'm not so, super familiar with brand new voice but I'm kind of, I'm aware of youth speaks so it's brave new voices yeah sorry <laughs> that's all good um so youth speaks at least out here in the bay area it's uh, an organization where they have like really young kids up to teenagers i forgot what age it stops at but like i've 14 15 that sounds about right but the thing i like about them is they've gone on record to say that some of the people that some of this some of the youth that have um completed their years in youth speaks come back and work and help yeah. out the new youth or become directors or um coaches and whatnot so that's pretty cool like they they have a full rotation going on and if i remember correctly that's where brave new voices comes in because brave new voices it's a competition that's held in different parts of the u.s and uh each branch of Brave New Voices goes into competitions until uh, there's a team that represents state and then after that then it goes into championships for US mm. and then I don't know where it stems from there because it's been a long time since I've really delved into yeah. this conversation but yeah because I remember I went to a couple of youth speak events when I was in Oakland visiting and going to open mics and whatnot and then there was one time where after an event that was in Berkeley, everyone that was a poet there said, we got to go to the Brave New Voices competition because it was for um, Bay Area. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool because all the people that show up, the Brave New Voices competitions are huge because it was like in a huge auditorium. That's what I remember. Uh -huh. And that was pretty cool. Loud. that loud being that much off the ground uh, anyways 
No, um, I was actually going to, I think I was going to go to one of the Youth Speaks events a few years ago. Yeah. Just because my girlfriend was like, yeah, this is a thing that they do. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool because um, you see kids that are doing a poem on their own or like a two-person piece. I think the coolest one I saw was a three-person piece. Mm. And it was three young ladies and... I like those kind of pieces because, you know, you have one person going, then the other person, then the other person, then there's synchronization between the three or yeah. between two while the other one's doing their own thing, then comes back. And I'm like, okay, like, you can tell that there's a lot of practice yeah. going into these pieces, but also a lot of emotion. Yeah. And I love it. It's great to see that kind of stuff, especially with kids that are like, I think the youngest I've seen on stage was 10, 11-year-old. That's cool. And the oldest being a fifteen-year-old, so crazy. yeah, like that. The the synchronization kind of reminds me of um, I don't know if you're aware of them, but uh, Seth's crew who was signed, yeah. yeah, like when they did the first videos, yeah, they're just doing acapella and they're like, um, remember, remember, da, 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 was, yeah, dude, that's one of my favorite videos from that one, and then the other black and white video where they're doing it right by the tour buses, and yeah. then at the end, Tech comes in. And he was like, that's why I signed them. <laughs> Dude, when I saw those guys, I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, like that that was something that like that I was like, okay, no, this is this is something else entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I think about when I hear like duets or like triplet or triples on the stage doing it, because it exactly comes off like that. Cause maybe all three of them are echoing each other just like within a second of each other yeah. or two people will say something while the other person's off saying something else but then they come back together it, it's just beautiful when that's done perfectly it's also very hard to do because <laughs> I can't I honestly I can never just get tripped up <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I would get tongue tied or mess up the flow exactly I'm like no I'm gonna go solo <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry I just messed everything up just walk off stage, <laughs> take the L. My bad. <laughs> Just kill the whole vibe. You two keep going, I'm off. <laughs> oh, man. No, yeah. There's there's a whole lot out there that needs to be expanded, I feel. Definitely. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> hopefully something comes back soon. Yeah. It would be great. It would be great to see... I don't think it would come back this year, but I would like to have a rumble going this year, and then maybe see something within the next year or two. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds about right. I mean, yeah. it obviously takes time to get this sort of thing going. So yeah, don't expect anything right away. <laughs> no, but making a rumble right now would be great. Like this video, and then just like put it out there to everyone, like on all the socials, and be like. What do you think? Like, this should really happen. Yeah. But I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely an audience for it. There like, is. There's like, an audience for everything. <laughs> yeah. And no, I mean, I don't I don't think as many people have, that have seen that post and liked it and everything wouldn't have just liked it. Right. It, it had to have connected with many people because I think the last time I checked, it was like at about maybe, it was like in the five digits of likes. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, like, this is how many people want to see it come back. And yeah. then some. Definitely. Because, I mean, if you think about it, 
like you want to see it. I want to see it. The age difference. And then I've gotten like a couple of youngsters when I was talking to them about poetry when they were in high school talking about it. And one of them, I gave her a couple of DVDs um, as a gift. And now she's showing her kid. <laughs> I'm like, there's an audience. There's going to be oh, people yeah. that are going to want to watch this and see this and like learn about it. Definitely. And I mean, if they want to try to even make it more, I guess, accessible to people, like have more hip hop artists on there or something. Like, yeah. Just something to draw people in and then like they'll watch the whole episode and they'll be like oh shit yeah this is dope <laughs> like i can, like between you and me i feel like we can make a laundry list of artists that we can say this person will be great on here this, like top tier right now kendrick i yep. want to see kendrick do a poetry piece yeah and he he could do it well yeah i'm sure j cole no name uh i'm just bring back listen. the legend rock him yeah he ain't doing much <laughs> yeah. he came out with that book uh what two three years ago something like that yeah, yeah. I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> he was in Oakland autographing, and I yeah, had a chance to go. I remember you telling me about that too. Or no, Kenlon told me about that. <laughs> yeah, no. Because he, he he got me. Um, I think he got me a Jay Z book. Yeah, mm -hmm. when he got me that one, he was like, "What's crazy is that that same day it happened. It just happened that Rakim was at another bookstore, but I didn't know about it until I got home." <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah. The the day I knew about it, I was like, cool, I want to go to it. But then the day it came up, because I worked on campus. Oh, yeah. And there was a Q&A panel for my school, like, 45 <laughs> minutes away. Oh. So I had to travel to another college <laughs> to speak to students for two hours. Oh, damn. So by the time I got back, it was like, it, it, it's, it's too late. I can't go. <laughs> yeah. I was so heartbroken. And, like, hell, people I know went to it. I'm like, no one thought about getting me a book with an autograph in it. <laughs> That's so, that's so messed up. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm remembering this. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, Rhapsody would be dope for it. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Starrock. There's so many people that would be dope. Yeah. And, like, I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you don't even have to go and get, like, the biggest hip-hop artist. You can get, like, the B-tier. <laughs> like, that sounds bad, but I mean, like, the people who are really dope but don't have the biggest audience. Yeah. Like, get them noticed. Yeah. Like, I mean, Rhapsody is big, but, like, most people don't know who Rhapsody is. Which sucks. <laughs> like, she's she's way up there. And I'm, then, like, everyone knows Kendrick, though. I'm going to say a name, and I feel like you're going to hate me for it. Get Logic. I mean, fuck it, why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, my feelings on Logic are... <laughs> they, they've switched up quite a bit. I don't know if you've seen, like, the last couple of videos I did regarding Logic. I have. But, like, I, I see why he did what he was doing. I and it all him. makes sense now. I watch him because I want to see if you're going to rant. <laughs> I, I start to, but then I'm like, no, I mean, there's a reason that he did all this. Like, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm obviously not making any money, so I'm going to go do, <laughs> go work and do something else yeah. while this is just kind of in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, there's so many artists out there, A, B, C listers. Like, heck, like, get anyone from Rhyme Sayers. <laughs> right. Or uh, anyone from Mellow Music Group? <laughs> hell, like, let's get some of the underground artists that are, like, well-known but not acknowledged. Let's get Murs. Murs. <laughs> no. I, I had to I had to go into my memory and be like, what is Murs over there? No. No, I think that was, like, he, he wasn't. No one knew him in 2002, 2006. <laughs> like, 
even now people don't really know, but I know. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> but yeah. What's crazy is like one of my uh Spesh who's like who runs the podcast meetup and everything, right. like she's she knows him, like just as a person. Like not even like <laughs> like an industry connection. Like they they're just cool. Like they met through Fashan. Which is just like what the fuck? <laughs> I, I don't know, like, I love Merge, I love his music, but it's just like, it, it trips me out sometimes because he talks about, he very, he, he's, he openly talks about, like, the porn stars he knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's hilarious. I've seen some of the interviews that porn stars have done when they ask them about Merge, and I'm just like, this is a trip, because I'm, because I'm, you know, mentally I'm used to watching interviews with right. Merge, but then watching the interviews with the porn stars talking like, about Merge, like, <laughs> I mean, what? he did have Asa Akira for that one video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that video was fucking hilarious too, though. But <laughs> that threw me off completely. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like a short ass cameo. Too. No, but it's like you know, it's funny when you go, "Is that Asa Akira?" And everyone around you's like, "Who's Asa Akira?" And you're like, I, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I but mean, there's there's so many people that. Could definitely fit that bill. Like, yeah, people who like, like aren't super well known, but definitely could crack their ass off, especially yeah. in that sort of set, setting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Make, Make this happen. happen. Make it happen. <laughs> Hire me. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I'm unemployed, but I got ideas out the fucking ash. This whole time, this whole this. time, I've been cussing. I'm like, wait, can I cuss on a podcast? But I really like, don't care. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I, I limited as much as I can, but it's also like, I don't care. I'm it, not monetized yet. <laughs> I thought about just doing, like, the noises. Nah, like, that's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go through and edit all that out. Because <laughs> I, I find it funny when I see shows that have the blur, the, the beeping, but it's a different noise. Like, who was it? Um... Uh, Epic Meal Time, they had the whole dolphin noise, I think it was. Well, that's in SpongeBob, too. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, when I used to watch uh, SourceFed, they would have, like, just the sensor people would have a sensor bar go over the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> There's so many ways to do it. It's hilarious. It's just too much work for me, so if your virgin ears are not okay with this, I'm sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I think One we... episode, you should just interview me and just let me... Just go with it, and then <laughs> right when you're editing it, just throw the beeps in there, and then... just be like one long beep. <laughs> uh, I would greatly appreciate that. Just like your yeah, mind fucking so laughs, and people are like, "The fuck's wrong with Jose?" Fuck you! Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we about expended what we can say about this. Yeah, uh, this is the part of the podcast where I'm just gonna say what, um, just new stuff, because. I didn't do a weekly this week because I'm lazy. Or, well, last week if because that podcast comes out on Monday. Um, also, I, I had a headache all day, so... Fuck off. off. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, not a whole lot of stuff happened, you know, as usual. Um, that TD announcement. I updated the podcast description. It was Isaiah Rashad. He put out Lay Witcher. The song is dope. I mean, I like it. It's a, it's a vibe. It's not really lyric-heavy, <laughs> but... It's ignorant. I mean, I pulled up <laughs> next to Jose with it blasting. <laughs> I was like, the fuck? <laughs> uh, I also did a breakdown for it, so check that out. Um, 
His album's supposed to be coming out in June. Uh, it's still named The House is Burning, so I'm excited for that. Uh, other than that, J. Cole, his album is coming out next week, or well, by the time you're watching it, this week, on Friday, the off-season. Um, I also did a breakdown for the interlude track, but I'm, uh, I'm still not sure where he's going to go with his album. It's going to be exciting, though, because it sounds like he's just kind of doing something else entirely. Like, the interlude track, this is something I was going to say when I was doing the breakdown, but I got distracted because I was also streaming it. Um, the interlude track, obviously, it's an interlude, but the way it sounded start, kind of sounded like an intro. So to me, it's maybe an interlude in terms of his projects, and it's still an intro track for the album, but track list ain't out yet, so I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> uh, on that, I mean, music came out. The only other albums that I really paid attention to this week was the Zarface and MF Doom one. Uh, Super What? This is supposed to come out last year. Um, in March? Like, right before, like right as COVID hit. So that's why they pushed it back. So they're not trying to get a cat, like, just cash out on MF Doom. Uh, I mean, they've worked together before, so you shouldn't expect it to be a cash grab. Uh, also, um, L. Orange, Lorange, I'm going to say Lorange because it's funnier that way, and he doesn't watch this even though we talk every once in a while. Um, L. Orange and uh, Namir Blade, they dropped, um, what was the name of the album? There it is, Imaginary Everything. It's a weird album. It's different than what you would expect. It's kind of like, there's a lot of guitar in it. <laughs> like, it's still hip-hop. It's still very much hip-hop. Just like a lot of guitar riffs. Yeah. And like Namir Blade's like singing sometimes, so it's it's fun. Cool. Um, yeah, other other music came out. Not much that I really pay attention to. So I mean, as you know, just let me know what I missed. Um, coming this week when I because this is coming out Monday. Uh, reviews for those two albums I just mentioned and breakdowns. Um, yeah, that's that's really all that's coming. Um. I don't have anything else to add. This is Jose, again. Uh, thank you for joining me. He's been here before, if you haven't been keeping up. Or listening. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame y'all. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of episodes. This is actually episode 98, so that's Ooh, One more. One more, we get the 100. Oh, two. two more. <laughs> this is 98. Oh, this is 98, okay. <laughs> for some reason, I thought you said it's 99. I'm like, no. <laughs> One more. No. Uh, um, I've mentioned it before, but he was the main inspiration for me, like, main push, really, to get me to actually doing this, so. I was like, go do it! Basically, basically. <laughs> uh, I think it was, like, three years, almost, three years in a week or two, like, when I tweeted that out drunkenly. <laughs> really? This. Yeah. Wait, that's when I responded, I'm like, let's talk? Yeah. Shit! <laughs> Shit! So it's, it's crazy. Damn. Uh, but yeah, follow him everywhere. I'm going to have all those links in the description. Hey, yeah, I have um, so many social medias. <laughs> I'm, and you know what? I have a TikTok. I'm probably going to start posting on there soon. Like, yeah, like, okay, yeah. Rep Dogfather Tattoo. Um, I'm not a tattoo artist. I'm not up here. Sure, but I help out there every now and then. Um, I'll have to come by sometime too. But. Yeah, come get inked or pierced, whatever. Both. Both? Yes. I can, I can totally point you in the right direction. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm on. I'm at Dogfather, um, helping them out every now and then. But 
I'm thinking about like recording some of the tattooers, like their work that they're doing, like doing a whole like maybe profile on them and whatnot, but also like showing off some of the ink I have or, you know, just in general, just showing my friend's ink or stuff like that because I like tattoos. Like yeah. I watch inked on YouTube and anytime I'm in an area where there's a tattoo shop, I like to go and peek in, check it out, you know, just get a vibe for it. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> all my social medias are going to be up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of links in the description. <laughs> Follow me. Um, yeah. Uh, bring back Death Poetry. Bring back Death Poetry. Uh, give us Kendrick Lamar. Have OVO produce it or um, PG Lang. PG Lang. Um, let's get some hip hop artists on there. Bring back uh, the original Death Poetry Collective. Uh, hire me on it. <laughs> hire this man on it. Like I'm not doing much. <laughs> we'll do work. <laughs> oh man. Um, Damn. Wait. In three years. Fuck. Yeah. It's. I still remember that. Also, I was like. Shit, you want to talk about it? You're like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you drunkenly put it out there. Well, you know, was it was like in the middle of the night. <laughs> what else would I be doing? I don't know. Like, I just thought you were just chilling. You are like, like me, when I post shit up, it's like insomnia. It's like, what are you doing up at like 2.30 in the morning? Look, I'm laying in bed staring at the fucking ceiling trying to figure shit out. Fair enough. <laughs> I know you were drunk, but I mean, cool. At least that gave me the inspiration to be like, let's talk about it and then kick your ass to go do it yeah <laughs> three years later here i am yeah. <laughs> in a parking lot <laughs> i mean studio coming yeah. or coffee shop yeah eventually eventually um but yeah you know do all the normal stuff i'm gonna show you something over here yeah we've been staring at chickens and ducks there's only all two day. minutes left on this recording but i don't know if y'all can see that there's chickens over there chickens ducks anyways that's supposed to be an apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I'm just going to put this down. Probably in the wrong spot. So, in the comments, hashtag bring back death poetry. Hell yeah. Uh, also, let me know if you ever watched it because I wasn't really in into all this back then. And you can find all three, or not all three, all six seasons on YouTube if you type it in correctly. <laughs> But HBO doesn't even know that shit. <laughs> I mean, but we're trying to get it back. <laughs> They're yeah. going to take it down now. <laughs> Fuck, like, <laughs> save it. Like, go on there, find it, save it to your hard drive. Um, yeah, so do all that. Also, you know, do the same thing that I always tell you to do. Like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And um, please stay safe out there. <laughs> Peace.